0: Thirty two. 8.40. they're starting each hey, bo- the No, okay. eight thirty class. Perfect. Bo Eight thirty class. So, Melachim Bet, Chapter Bet, Chapter Two. Okay, what happened in the first chapter? It was just a story of which was the name of the king. Akh-Av. It was a story of uh-huh. Achaziah, okay. who uh, was the son of Achav. He gets sick in bed. He sends to the to the god of Baal Zavuv of the Ikron. and in the middle he is stopped by. Eliau, who basically says, No, 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 you had the chance to go to Hashem. Instead, you went to Zevuva Ekron, and you're going to die in your bed because of your sinfulness. And that's that was basically the entire chapter in a nutshell. Okay, he ends up dying, and because Achaziah does not have a, <coughs> a son, <coughs> Yehoram becomes the king after him, and Yehoram is another son of Ahab. Now, of course, Yehoram is also going to be evil because there are no good Israel kings. Now we switch to... It's not Yehoram. It's, it's, it's a Yoram. I Yehoram think so. is the... the says of no, Judah. I think that's just the way they wrote it out. I think it's Yoram. Yoram here also. Oh, okay. um, let me make sure. Yeah, Yehoram. No, it is, it is Yehoram. Yeah, yeah. So lost. We're going to a one of these. Yeah, we're going to get a much better one also. All right. and if you, And if you're lost, then don't worry. Because now we're going to go to an independent story. Independent of the kings. That's like a... It's, it's going to separate us from all of the intrigue of the bouncing back between kingdoms. And we're going to go to the famous story of Eliyahu going up in the whirlwind of uh, <coughs> back to Shamaim, Eliyahu's quote-unquote death, even though it's not so clear that he actually dies, okay? Mm-hmm. If you remember from, what was like t- chapter 20, 19 of Melachim Aleph, um, Eliyahu, whenever he had that experience at Har Sinai or Har Khorev, where God basically had a revelation, where revealed Himself to Eliyahu. Um, God basically said that Eliyahu would be replaced and one of the things He needed to do was appoint Elisha as Navi in his stead, okay? So this is finally after some more intrigue in which Eliyahu was involved after that decree was made by Hashem. Now we're finally getting to Eliyahu's um, leaving of the scene and, and in this chapter, in which we see Eliyahu leaves the scene, we're also going to see Elisha take his rightful place as the Navi instead of Eliyahu. Okay, so all you have to know is, is Eliyahu, Prophet Eliyahu, is leaving the scene, Prophet Elisha will be entering in his stead. Okay, uh, chapter 2, Pasuk A'la. And it was as God uh, brought Eliyahu in a storm to the heavens, Eliyahu and Elisha went uh, to Gilgal. Okay? So, it, the story opens up by saying, and this is the story of God taking Eliyahu to the heavens in a storm. They started off by going to a place called Gilgal. Now, where, where was Gilgal? What's the significance of Gilgal? Historically, just... For our own, uh, just our own recollection. A story from, uh, this is the first city that Bnei Israel went into and settled when they came into Eretz Yisrael in times of Yehoshua. And that's, mm. this is also in Gilgal, from what I recall, is where they did the first circumcisions of the people. Okay. <laughs> so then Eliyahu turns to Elisha and he says, sit in your place and don't join me. Because God has sent me to bit el uh, so, so he says, God has sent me to bit el Don't come with me, Elisha. <coughs> and Elisha says, <coughs> I swear on the life of God and on your life, I'm not going to leave you. And they go down to bit el This kind of has some like root Hamuaviyah and Naomi characteristic. Like I'm never going to leave you uh, your your direction is my direction And so on Okay. Then when they get to Bet El The B'nei HaNevim What are B'nei HaNevim? B'nei HaNevim are the students Who are trying to practice Nebuah like yeah. disciples, disciples of the Prophets They go to Bet El <laughs> And they go to Elisha And they say do you know that today is the day that God is going to take Eliyahu away from you? He's going to take your leader or your master from your head? And Elisha says, of course I know. Be quiet. Very cryptic chapter, by the way. It's not the you know, yeah. like the whole... What's going The interactions on? are, are strange, okay? Eliyahu, Hashem is going to take him up to Shemaim. We're not saying like... Hashem to- is, 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 is going to take Eliyahu up to Shemaim in a storm. Okay. And the other naviim, these naviim, these students, know that Eliyahu is leaving, but they're not going to actually see the process. They're only going to see a storm, but they're not going to see what's going on in the mystical realm, if you want to call it that, or in the, nivu, in the prophetic realm. They're not going to see what happens as Eliyahu is going up. Okay? okay. And Elisha will. Elisha and, will see, and El- Elisha will see. Elisha, Elisha is going to see a chariot and a horse taking Eliyahu up to the heavens, and the fact that he's able to see that vision of a chariot and a horse um, is going to show that he has a higher level of nouveau than all of these other students. Uh-huh. So, from the looks of it, it seems like at the very least, the students in the scene are there to show that you know, there are the typical Nebim and then there's Elisha. And Elisha is one step above them. Okay, so when they come to Elisha and they say, Elisha, your master Eliyahu is going to be taken up. He says, I know that already. You're not teaching anything new because Elisha is the highest of the Nebim. Okay, and part of the process here is, as we're going to see, Elisha is going to ask Eliyahu to grace him with a higher level of Nebuah as well. Just like Moshe took The Moshe took from the the spirit that was on himself and he put it onto the Nebim. In the story of Eldad and Medad, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see a similar thing with Eliyahu, okay? Mm -hmm. So then um, Eliyahu says to Elisha, Stay here, for I'm going to Yiricho. (coughs) And then he says, By the life of Hashem and your life, I'm not going to leave you. So they go to Yiricho. And then the Nevim, the students that are in Yiricho, they come to Elisha and they say, do you know that today God is taking your master from your head? And Elisha says, I know, be quiet. Then Elisha says to Elisha, stay here, don't come with me, for God has sent me to Yarden. Now Yarden is going to be um, on the border. And he says, by life of Hashem in your life, I'm not going to leave you and both Elisha and Elisha go together. And 50 of these students of the Nevi'im went and they stood on the border, uh, afar. And the two of them, meaning Elisha and Eliyahu, went and they stood by the Jordan, river. Okay. And then Eliyahu took, what is his mantle it's yes. called? He took his mantle, he glum, and he wrapped it by a K-tamaim, and he struck the water of the Yarden, of the Jordan River, and they split in half, beharava, and they split in half this way and that way, and both of them went through the dry land. This is, reminds you of which two miracles? Joshua, yeah, Joshua splitting the Jordan and Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu splitting the sea. Okay, so Eliyahu takes his mantle, he wraps it around, it's he strikes or some piece of clothing, or something he wore on his head, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Or it's maybe a cloak or something. I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. I don't know what a mantle is. Um, and if you yeah. want to look up what a mantle is, I don't, I don't... <coughs> I know. I can strip a piece of clothing, but it says he took his mantle and. It says it's it. a piece of clothing. I just don't yeah. know where he wore it. Yeah, a mantle is a loose, sleeveless cloak. Cloak, okay So he takes it He strikes the water And it splits This kind of reminds us Of two miracles In which water is split This is the third time Water is splitting in Tanakh And Elisha and Eliya Walk through the water Okay They walk through the dry land Notice that it says They walk through the dry land Which is exactly the same word Used to describe To describe Bnei Yisrael Walking through The charava of Uh, Mm You know, so even using similar language, okay. Mm -hmm. And it was when they passed through the water. Ask what I should do for you before I am taken away from you. Please give me a double portion of your spirit to me. What does it mean, double portion? Some say it's, I want to be double the navi that you are. But some say it just means I want to be like the Bikhor. Like I want to be, if you're going to give all those other Navim, those binya Navim that we've been seeing, if you're going to give them each a portion, give me a double portion so that I'm like your firstborn. Same way a uh, firstborn gets a double portion of, in money, okay? But Eliyahu responds, He said, you've asked something difficult. So we'll have a test. If you're able to get a nevoah in which you actually see me getting taken away to mm-hmm. Hashem, mm-hmm. then you're going to be blessed with the double portion. But if not, if you don't see the nevoah of me being taken away and swept up to Hashem, then you're just a normal navi, and you're not going to get the double portion of my nevoah. You follow? Yeah. Okay. You know <laughs> Meaning, let's see if it works. Let's see. No, it'll work if you're it's if you just... could prove to be on a level of nevoah that you deserve to be blessed with this. Ah, um, uh, okay. Okay. And they were walking, walking and talking. So, so many, so many questions that we're not even going to get to. It's just weird. They're walking and talking. And all of a sudden, there is a chariot of flame. And horses of flame, Ben and they separated between Elishan and obviously they're taking Eliyahu. and Eliyahu goes up in a storm to the heavens now where how is he going up in a storm with what with with a much, horse, horse and chariot with a horse and chariot yes. okay now what will the rest of the Nivim see? Those no. 50 15 that came and stood on the border, They just see a storm. storm. Right? They see wind. Uh, some it's a tornado of some sort. Tornado, right. Yeah. Right? But the but what does Elisha see? Horse, he horse he cow sees cow the horses cow and cow. in the chariots. Okay? That's crazy. and Elisha sees. And he starts screaming or he starts yelling. Avi Avi. My master, my master. Speaking to Eliel. Israel This is the Translate? Israel's chariots and riders. This is Israel's chariot, chariots and riders. And he didn't see him anymore. He didn't see Eliyahu anymore. And he took his clothes and he tore them into two pieces. Don't you do that when someone dies? Yeah, because this is... Considered him dying. Apparently, yeah. Now look, I'm on to read you of one of the Mepharshim. Um, basically, some of the Farshim say that Eliyahu's death was very unique, meaning this isn't a simple, a normal death. This is the death of. Where's his goof? His goof just disappears and his spirit goes right up to Sham, something like There's that. No body. Yeah, how is it Moshe Rabbeinu had, had a uh, burial? His body was buried on, on land, right? How is Eliyahu? Isn't Moshe Rabbeinu the greatest Navi who ever lived? Why is, yeah. why is, why is Eliyahu having this chariot okay, so of fire? That's right? actually I'm what the, I want to discuss. I don't think it's, about that, so it's I, about that. I haven't read this in any fashion. Let's read two more psukim. Some, I've, I've heard people say it's actually a form of punishment, even that he, that he didn't get buried. Interesting, mm-hmm. I, I don't know um, <laughs> possibly, all, Let's read yeah. two more psukim yeah, Then he takes the mantle to Eliyahu that fell from him Because Eliyahu's clothing just you know, fell They didn't get burnt right? And he goes back to the edge of the Jordan River Because right now, remember they're on the eastern side of the Jordan River Eliyahu goes up to Shamaim On the eastern side of the Jordan River Who does that make him similar to? Moshe, Moshe. Okay, he dies on the eastern, so he dies outside of Israel. Okay, he takes that same mantle of Eliyahu and he strikes the water. Where is Hashem, God of Eliyahu? And then he says. um, he, and then he also struck the water and this water split and Elisha went through. Okay, so we see immediately Elisha using the mantle of Eliyahu, meaning drawing from the strength of Eliyahu, you can say, mm-hmm. is able to perform the same miracle of crossing the Jordan River on the way back. Okay, mm-hmm. let's pause there and just analyze quickly. Uh, again, there's just too, much, too much going on here. I, I, I can't profess to know exactly what any of it means. However... One thing I've been thinking about is the comparison between Eliyahu Nabi and, and Moshe Rabin. It's, it's very, very clear that there is a comparison between Moshe Rabin and Eliyahu and Even about their sin. Even about their sin. What was what would you say was Eliyahu's downfall? What was Eliyahu's biggest problem? His, he, was, he was so vengeful on behalf of Hashem that he, he would constantly be angry at the people and looking to looking, he, he thought, thought the people were evil, right? And what was the reason Moshe Rabbeinu didn't enter Israel? He got angry, he got angry at the people and struck the water. You, you wicked people, when are you going to learn, you rebels? That's what he said to them. And that was Moshe's downfall, was that he called the people rebels. Now I see not a lot of similarity between Moshe and Eliyahu. Moshe had this intensity of, and I have a feeling, this is a conjecture, I have a feeling that maybe you could say that they both had such a clear experience of Akadosh Baruch Hu and their nivuah was so elevated that they became a little bit detached from the people. In the sense that they could not understand how could people be so dumb? How could people be so foolish? Both Eliyahu and Moshe. And that's why perhaps Eliyahu's death may not be so different from Moshe Rabbeinu's. Meaning, whenever you develop to the point where your your understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so elevated, then death for you is not like a really, it's not like real death. It's like the body becomes less important anyways. So where does the body go? We don't even know. It's the only thing left between Eliyahu and Moshe, even in Moshe, his body started to glow, which means that the soul was the dominant force in his organism. And I think the same thing is occurring by Eliyahu, where the soul is a dominant force of his organism, and he doesn't need a burial because there's practically no body left. Mm-hmm. He just goes straight up to Shammai because he's just a soul. Right, so I think these are similarities between Moshe and Eliyahu. I think there's a lot to compare between them. And I, if you look in the Mepharshim, you'll see that they do compare. By the way, this wasn't the first time we had reason to compare Moshe and Eliyahu. Also, Har-Sinai. the Harsinai experience was very, very, very similar, very similar between Eliyahu Shammai and Moshe. Right. So I think Eliyahu, it's, it's very, very important to study. Deeply the the comparisons between Moshe and Eliyahu. And I think that will yield some deep insight.